Good morning. How you doing? Good, good, good. I, um, my name's Jason. If we've never formally met or informally met, I lead the vineyard with Michelle. She's up at the storehouse currently, getting ready. Hey, how are you? And um, so we're going to have fun. I just want to give you a quick announcement. We, if you're new to the vineyard, actually, we'd love to connect with you. Uh, there's, we'll pass around some connect cards if you fill in your details. We'd love to keep in touch with you. We'd love to let you know what's happening during the week. Uh, also, there's um, stuff that's happening way on down the line in August. and there's, we, We'll keep you up to date with the communication. If you sign that card, the connect card, if you're new to the vineyard, there's an email that we send out on a weekly basis. And we try and keep you up to date as best as we can with information and all the goings on here that we don't have time to uh, connect or make make relevant for Sunday morning just for the sake of time. But I do need to let you know of something that's happening during the summer. On July this year, we've taken the decision. We've realized that we've been here for a long time and our volunteers are getting tired, hogging stuff in and out. And... Uh, our children's workers are bringing toys in and out every week, and the worship guys are bringing stuff every week. So just for July only, we're going to go to our storehouse venue. It's in the center of town. Uh, our children's program doesn't run in July, but children will be uh, facilitated throughout the service, throughout the celebration. So for the month of July, we're in our storehouse venue, and that'll be the first Sunday in July, I think it's the third of July. So for those four weeks... Uh, we are there. So if you don't know again where that is, please come and ask. Five weeks, sorry. Please come and ask us, and we'll, make, uh, we'll let you know where that is. Also, if you go on Facebook or our website, the directions are also there. So that's our storehouse venue where everything happens during the week. Our reach, our youth stuff, our kids stuff, our after-school stuff. So much goes on there during the week. So you can be there on a Sunday, and we're in the center of town. So we're going to worship there. In July, and we just want to thank you guys for serving. I said that last week, especially our setup team. You do a sterling job, so thank you very much for that. And we hope that this does honour you for that month of July. Also, is that cool? Could we stand and uh, let's give back to God as He has given to us? Um, he's very, very generous. He's a good father. We've been singing about it. The author and baskets going round. We want you to give to the vision. We want you to give to the mission. We want you to give generously to what we're doing here. It's just a real quick, cool story as, you're, uh, as the offering basket's going round. You can still uh, keep your eyes open. I'm still here. And uh, I, just this week, we have a thing called Reach, where we give people food, where we just help people that are just finding things hard. Maybe they've been out of work. Maybe they've been ill. Um, whatever the situation they find themselves in, it's our job just to bring some healing, some comfort, and bring some practical solutions. And we do that through giving food, clothing, and also signposting. And part of that process, we uh, actually... People come in and we assess them. And this week, one cool thing happened. During the assessment, somebody's sitting down filling out an assessment form for practical help, and they open up their heart to Jesus for the first time. So that's what we're about, and that's what you're... This is what we're doing with our money, just to let you know we're not building a bank account. We're actually reaching out to our community here, near, and far. So if you've given, close your eyes. If you're part of the vineyard, uh, you don't have to close your eyes. We learn to pray with our eyes open here. So uh, we're going to pray. I'm going to ask God to come and increase his presence. And then I'm going to have a quick conversation with you this morning. I promise I'll be really quick today. And, uh, and then we'll go up to the storehouse and we'll have a bit of a party. Does that sound okay? Yeah? Bring it. Bring Okay. So Father, come in your presence. Come with your presence. We gather ourselves around you, Jesus, today, the person of Christ and the presence of Christ. We say, come, Holy Spirit, increase your presence in the room. We thank you for all you're doing in this community. 
Thank you for all that you're, you're dreaming over this, this town of Dungannon. God, we thank you for this day. We thank you that you are a good, good father, that you're generous in all your ways, and that you can be trusted. And so, God, we open up our hearts today, we open up our minds, and we open up our souls to you, Christ. Come in, come and be with us, and increase your presence again. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So as I say, welcome to DadFest. Matt already said that, 2016. I want to do something slightly different from what I would usually do on a Sunday morning. I'm not going to go through a text of Scripture, uh, although I will quote Scripture. I always like to open up Scripture. I'll gather around the Scriptures. Uh, but what I want to talk about today is a father's gift, if that's okay. The legacy of a dad, the legacy that fathers give. And so every father is a son. We know that. And they hold the past promises in their hands, but they also hold possibilities for the future generation. And whether you're a dad or not, all of us in this room, whether you're male or female, we all hold, we all hold in our hands possibilities for future generations. We're all connected to somebody, and we all have in our possession the power to help people have a better future. We know that fathers hold choice in their hands. They either release or they withhold. And we're a generous church again, regardless of your age stage, or marriage status, or single, male or female. We actually create the future. We change history. And so I want to say that we never underestimate the significance of father's impact on a child. And beyond that, the impact actually we have in a community. It goes beyond ourselves and goes into a community. So what I want to do this morning, I want to honor Fathers, if that's okay. Is that okay? Is that legal? You happy with that? You don't look happy with it. I'm going to do it anyway. I want to honor fathers this morning. I want to say it's, this is applicable for moms and dads. If you're single also, if you're, if you're not yet a parent, this can impact you. You have impact in life. You have impact in friends. You have impact on children and your work and your friendships and your roles outside of work and other organizations that you may be a part of. So the conversation this morning is helpful for everybody sitting in a red chair. And I want to particularly honor the fathers here at the vineyard this morning. Right from the start, VCD has it's just been amazing how we see great men in this place. I don't know about you, but I grew up in church where, and this is not a bad thing. Well, it probably is. Yes, it is a bad thing where women do everything. And women serve children, and women come to prayer meetings, and women do the kids' work, and the guys show up at special occasions. And so when we came to Dungannon, I wanted to change the trajectory of church attendance, particularly among guys and men, because I think that it's good to have guys out of church. It's good to have members of, of families all together in the place worshiping God together. And guys do have an impact on kids. And we've seen some amazing guys here sign up and they do, they do our vineyard kids, they do our vineyard vines, they come here and they do worship for us, they show up at the prayer gatherings, they show up on a Sunday morning. And I've just watched the impact that they've had on the life of those around them. They're deeply engaging, they love passionately, they're open and affectionate with their children. I've watched that. You're good, good fathers and the mums too. So I don't want to get any stones thrown at me. Uh, the, I think the dads in this place have a great balance of work and, and boundaries. I watch dads play with their kids. I watch them on their days off, that they, they prioritize their children, that they, they create boundaries there. They create a freedom and a sense of fun. And I also see dads actually propelling kids into the future. 
which is a good thing here. So I want to say that there's not a lot of churches like this, and I'm not being arrogant. I'm just observing what I see here in the vineyard, particularly in this vineyard. There's not a lot of churches where I see that happening fully in all areas, where they engage fully, where they set boundaries, where the balance of work and fun is good, and where they also pull their children into a good, good future. And they love affectionately and openly. I don't see that in a lot of places, but I want to tell you that I see it here in Vineyard Church Dungannon. So guys, you're doing a fantastic job. You're good, good fathers. And so this morning, I want to take three, three observations that I see that are legacies that dads can give. And a particularly that I notice in this place called Vineyard Church Dungannon. And um, the first one, well, the other thing that I love about the dads in this place, and I hear whispers all the time, I love hearing stories of reading scripture to children. I love hearing stories of dads praying with their kids at night, last thing at night. I think that's fantastic. It's the best legacy that you can actually give your kids is the presence of Christ and the ancient scriptures. Give it to them. It's a gift. It's a gift. Moms, also give it to your children. What a gift that is. And so I want to just begin again by saying great job and keep doing it. But the first legacy I want to talk about is that we pass it on, the gifts. Every good father, every father that has a legacy passes on good gifts. It's really easy to pass on good gifts from your dad, right? If your dad was a good dad, it's easy to pass on those gifts. Therefore, it's easy for me. I've had a good father. Therefore, it's easy for me to pass them on to my children. My dad always had a good work ethic. Therefore, I, 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 I uh, soften in my system. I like to work. I like to have integrity with it. I like to have days off also. But... Those are things that are failures for me, and those are failures that I want to pass on to my kids. So those are good failures that are easy to pass on. Does that make sense? There's nothing complicated this morning. My dad had a love for hearing God's voice. What a legacy of a father who hears the voice of the father. Uh, and yesterday, again, that gift, I got to use that gift yesterday. Michelle and I had the privilege of connecting with uh, Worship Central Ireland, which is connected to Worship Central London guys. Uh, and we were, we were brought there just to speak about hearing God's voice the prophetic. And I can do that easily, not arrogantly, but easily because it's a gift that's been passed on to me. And it's a good, good gift. It's something that we can pass on to our children. So that's a good gift, and that's an easy gift to pass on, and I'm going to pass that on to my kids, that they can hear the voice of God. And it's a, it's a priority in our house that our kids learn to listen to the voice of the Father. My dad was also brilliant at stepping into the supernatural. That's a good gift to pass on to your kids, right? To have the courage to see God come into impossible situations and show up. To see a father who loves and cares enough that he would heal the broken. Do you know that God just doesn't heal souls, that he heals broken bodies and broken minds? Why does he do that? Because he's compassionate and kind. He doesn't do it to show the world that he's the father or that he's God, but he does it to show the world that he's father. God doesn't need to impress us by healing the sick. God does it out of a compassionate heart. It's out of compassion that he heals the sick and he feeds the hungry. Same with us. So those are good gifts. My dad was a dreamer. He courageously took hold of faith for the future. I'm a dreamer. Dreamers are welcome here in the vineyard. I know some people say they're just dreamers in a condescending way, but we applaud dreamers here in the vineyard. Visionaries and dreamers, dreamers who dream of a good future. It's a job of the local church to dream. It's a job of the a local Christian in their community to dream good dreams over their city and over their town and over their community. It's your job and it's my job to dream good and to dream big because we have a father who loves us to dream because the kingdom of heaven is always in the future. So we're always leaning into the future. Therefore, we're always dreaming. We're always push, pushing ourselves and leaning into the good future that God has for us. 
Does that make sense? The, f- the kingdom is always beyond us. The kingdom is always beyond us. It's always future. He's making all things new. We're dreamers. We're visionaries. And we're realists. Therefore, it's a, it's a good thing to pass on. I'm a dreamer. I'm a visionary. I like to pass that on also to my boys. But what if your dad never encouraged you? What if he never instilled belief in you and affection? Never what the guys do here. What if he never openly, was never openly affectionate with you? What if you never heard the words, well done? What if you never heard the words, I love you? What if you never heard the words, I, even, I forgive you? What if you never modeled a healthy marriage? The fact is, sadly, some of you never had a good legacy to pass on. Even in a room this size, there'll be some people here today that your dad, for some reason or not, never passed on a good legacy to you. But now it's your turn to pass on the legacy. Now it's your moment for your children and your grandchildren. Maybe your godchildren. Maybe your nieces. Maybe your nephews. It's your turn now. Maybe you've never had that affection, but now it's your opportunity. So how do we do that? See, Proverbs 1.22 says, A good life gets passed on to your children's children. A good life gets passed on to your children's children. It has legs. It has legacy. It has something that's, that's, that's forever. A good Good life gets passed on. Legacies go beyond us from children to children to children. And the good news I want to tell you this morning, it's not, a, it's not a bad subject. It's not a disastrous thing if you've never had a good legacy. The good news is that I've watched many fathers intentionally decide to pass on a good legacy, even though they've never had a good legacy passed on to them. I've seen my good friend, a very good friend of mine, say it's enough. He's had enough. No longer would the story of their family be marked with alcoholism. And abuse. This friend of mine is probably, I would say, one of the most influential Christians in the United Kingdom at the moment. Certainly one of the most influential churches in Ireland and the United Kingdom. They're passing on a different legacy. They've decided what's been handed down to them shouldn't have been handed down to them. And now they, they say enough's enough. They lean into God's good future. They stand on the promises of God and they pass on to God, they pass on to others newness of life, wholeness, health. I've sadly also watched fathers pass on their brokenness. I never got nurtured. Therefore it's not going to happen in our house. They'll use language like I was never wrapped up in cotton wool or you know, I was never. Molly cuddled. But it's a poor excuse, really. We watch people withhold and, and pass on their brokenness. They never got nurtured, therefore they hold it back. But here's the good news. We can courageously go before the Father this morning. We can tell him what we don't have, and he can supply it. We can watch the Father give us all that we need this morning, because he has everything that we need. James 1.17 says, Every good and perfect gift comes from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, with whom there is no change. There is no shifting shadow. He's trustworthy. There's no manipulation with the Father in heaven. There's no craftiness with him. He's not out to trick you. He's not out to get you. He's a good, good Father. And he likes you. It's amazing how many followers of Jesus I meet who actually believe in God, but don't have faith that God believes in them. See, it's so easy to believe in God, right? But it's sometimes so hard for others to actually believe that God believes in them. 
And I actually believe that God actually likes them. And the good news this morning, I want to say that God actually believes in you. And here's the better news, God actually likes you. He loves you. Passionately cares about you, regardless of your hang-ups, your habits, or your hurts. He's here to bring a fresh start this morning. Second thing that I see in the dads, particularly in this place in the vineyard, is that they start to paint pictures. They paint pictures. And they say a picture paints a thousand words. Uh, I don't remember every bit of advice my dad gave to me. I remember two things he said to me. Be sure your sins will find you out. And I always got caught doing whatever I shouldn't have been doing. Uh, My parents should have been forensic experts or uh, CID or something like that. Actually, I think if they had been in charge of uh, forensics or CID, probably things would have got a lot, a lot more things would have got sorted out a lot quicker. So everything, I got caught. First cigarette, got caught. First time drinking, got caught. Then by the age of 10... The other thing my dad said to me in his wise words was always hang around with good men. Always hang around with good men. Wimber, who founded the Vineyard Movement, of which there are thousands all over the world actually, now, he said that things are better caught than taught. It's true. Picture paints a thousand words. Your life's painting pictures every day. You're a mum or a dad, a brother, an employee, an uncle, a nephew, a friend. You're painting pictures. Your life is painting pictures. Mums and dads and aunts and uncles and brothers and sisters, your impact in your life isn't always realized in the big moments, but in the consistent, everyday ordinary. There's so much power in the same, and sometimes we miss that in our culture and, and how we do life in society today, that we're always looking for the big, we're always looking for the next, we're always looking for the attractive, we're always looking for, for the next new thing, you know, whether it's restaurants or, or pubs or clubs or whatever it is, we're, we're always moving, we're, 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 we're never loyal, we're never consistent people, but so much throughout Scripture, and I talked about this last week, so much of Scripture and significant moments in Scripture and significant moments in the kingdom of heaven happen through the ordinary. Happened through doing the same, the consistent, everyday, ordinary. Proverbs 27, the message says this, Good, loyal people living honest lives make it easier for their children. That's a good scripture right there. Good, loyal people living honest lives, you know what they do? They make it easier for their children. And I, was, I had their children's children. I've watched my dad give away stuff to families when they had little. That painted a thousand pictures in our house. In fact, sometimes it used to get me mad because my parents would buy me things and then somebody would come into our house and they would talk about that particular thing and my dad would go upstairs and get it and give it to them and say, here, have it. His parents did it before them. They had a beautiful, his parents hadn't got a lot and uh, they grew up in, in Derry, Stroke City. And uh, she had this beautiful, beautiful table, oak table, and it was fabulous by all accounts. And the minister came one day and said, that's a beautiful table. And, and when her husband came home, which would have been my granda, there was no more table in the house. They gave it away to the minister. It's a good thing to give your stuff away to the minister, actually. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it. It's a nice phone. <laughs> it's a nice camera. Anybody got a nice car? 
I watched my dad embarrass me playing a tambourine at the shop in Lincoln Courts. How embarrassing. <laughs> it doesn't get any worse than that in Christian life. I mean, I grew up in a, in a rough, loyalist house in the state, and, and being a Christian, was, was I did it undercover most of the time. But I used to get some abuse, but then my dad blows it all for me when he plays the tambourine with a bunch of Americans with a guitar strap. A guitar strap, do you hear me? I'm getting, into the, I'm getting into the moment, the story. They actually had a, you know those Christian people that used to wear rainbow straps and stuff like that there, just playing, probably couldn't do it now. Anyway, I'm not going down that road. So he would play tambourine, but that, you know, he, it was courageously, outrageously saying, I love Jesus. That's a good picture. I remember Friday night in Derry. I love this. I, I'm good at this sort of sermon, aren't I? Just tell stories about my childhood. I remember in Derry, Friday night was a big night for the chip shop, right? And Brandon's chip shop was in Chapel Road, and uh, you, you queued out the streets for it. Still going. Today's service is sponsored by Brandon's chip shop. <laughs> and, and people would queue and queue, and one time somebody fainted, and my dad was the first person there. My dad helped the person, got the person through it. And, 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 and every Friday night when we went to the chip shop, then from there on in, we used to get extra fish and extra chips. Isn't that a good thing? He was a kind man. Picture paints thousand words. Or watch him prophesy over people's lives. I'd be, I'd be astounded as, as my dad could tell people about their lives and what God was going to do. And, you know, not just that God's going to bless you, but, you know, this has happened to you. This is going to happen. And, and that come to pass. And I'd just be totally blown away. I, I, I don't know about you, but that sort of stuff excites me. I'm sort of a, a nerdy pastor. I love all that stuff. I go on holidays. I check out churches. I love being around the things of God, the presence of God, the supernatural, because it's a gift that's been passed on, and a picture always paints a thousand words. So what picture are you painting? Your children see and hear, and they watch your life, your prayers, your worship. They watch your servant. They watch you putting out the red chairs. They watch you showing up here early in the morning. They watch you um, opening up the ancient scriptures. They, they see you caring for the poor. They see you coming at OFC every Christmas and, and giving your money and giving your hard work and, and pumping boxes up those, that steep hill. They see it all, and that's a good, good picture to paint. And your children and your nephews and your nieces will grow up saying that they are good people, that they are kind people, and that's the life that I want to live. Outrageously generous life. Kind life. A life around the scripture. A life that values the prayer. A life that values the small but yet sees the big in it. The life that sees a, a man and a woman putting out chairs. The life of fathers loving affectionately and loving openly. Those are good, good pictures to paint. The big is in the small. Big is in the small. So inspire, honor God and love others is what I would say to you today. Everyone in the room. If I could give you some advice in life, I would ask you to honor God and love others. And then do whatever you like. Do whatever you like. I've got one more legacy gift. We could possibly be done by 12 o'clock today. We could possibly be done by 12 o'clock. Unless the spirit falls thick and fast. And God just moves in the room. I can, can you sense him? So you can't say no to that, can you? <laughs> it's called manipulation. I won't do it. One more legacy. Calling out the good and naming it. Every father prophesies, not just my dad. 
Every father prophesies. Every mother prophesies. Every leader prophesies. All of us can prophesy and speak the good and name it. Very sad story in Genesis 35. Jacob, who fell, I don't know if you know the story, it sounds very romantic, they should make a movie about it, but Jacob falls madly in love with Rebecca. It's not an easy pursuit, this love. He ends up, you know, if you've read the story at all, he ends up getting a hard deal and a hard life. He ends up working for an uncle who's very, yeah, who manipulates the situation. And then there's a story when God actually speaks to Jacob again. He says, I want you to come and encounter me again in the place called Bethel. In fact, I think that for some of us today, we need to go back to the place of encounter, whatever that is for you. When's the last time you encountered the reality and the presence of Jesus? Not just come to church. Not just show up at a prayer meeting or go to a life group or or whatever, but actually encounter the tangible presence of Jesus. Bethel is the place of encounter. And we all need a Bethel in our lives. So he had a Bethel, and he's returning to Bethel, the place of encounter. But, and then he goes there, and God, of course, meets with him, because God is always wanting to engage us. And we owe the world, and we owe society an encounter with Jesus and the Father. So he leaves. They moved, out, they moved on from Bethel. There's some distance off of where they're meant to be and where they're going. And Rachel goes into childbirth. It's a hard childbirth. It's a difficult childbirth. And the midwife says to her, don't despair for you have another son. And as she has a newborn baby boy, she breathes her last breath and she dies, giving birth to the son. Just before she dies and takes her last breath, she calls her son Benoni. It means a place of... No, she doesn't call her son Benoni, sorry. She calls her son place of sorrow, place of pain. And Jacob, he, he shows up and he says he can't live with this name. Because we know that names mean something, right? Stupid. Fatso. Ugly. Useless. Names mean something. We know that names mean stuff. And so Benjamin is this new name which means strength, which means strength. Naming what's on your children really matters and it shapes their life and shapes their destiny. And Jacob was a good father who was going to give a good name to his son. Strength, Benjamin, son of my right hand. Man of strength. It's a good name, right? As opposed to Benoni, suffering, pain. Morning, death. So how do we, how do we do that? How do we begin to name and shape our children? How do we name and and shape the kids that are around us? Whether we're godparents, whether we're aunties and uncles, grandparents, we want to shape, we want to name 
name that brings dignity, and names that bring courage, names that cause young people to dream with hearts full of hope. How do we do that? I love it when I watch parents put aside their dreams and put their future. They, they, they're, actually, they're actually dealing with narcissism. They're, they're able to set it aside. And, and Proverbs 22.6 says this, Start a children off in the way that they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. That's self-sacrificing love right there. See, how we used to read that scripture is if you bring a child up as a Christian, then they'll never depart from that. That's not what that scripture is saying. Scripture's not saying that. Proverbs is not a promise that if you bring your child up a Christian, that all their days of life they're going to be. We're hoping that. We're believing for that. But that's not a promise. There's no promise on that. But there is a reality here. There is good wisdom here that's saying if we train up a child in the way that he or she should go, then when they're old, they won't depart from that. It means that we, we want to get them into the right track. I watch good dads. I mean, like, dads have always wanted to play for Liverpool. Yeah? No? And they have that dream for their child to be the greatest footballer on earth, and then they discover that the child's not going to be the greatest footballer on earth. But they encourage them to read and to dream and to lead and to do all their things that's important to them. And then they know that when they grow up and they grow old, that they're never going to depart from what God's put in their lives, the gift that God gives. And it's, I watch too many dads actually the other way and too many parents the other way dream their dreams over their, their kids' lives. And it's just a bad fit. It's just a bad fit. It never works. So there's... A way to do that, we start our children off in the way that they should go. We start to encourage them. We prophesy over their lives. Do you know what prophecy is? What's prophecy? First Corinthians. What does it tell us? 14. What does it do? Edifies, encourages, strengthens. It's not a bad thing, right? How many of you are prophesying over your town at the moment? Come on. How many are prophesying over your MPs at the moment? Oh, you don't like their politics? Tough. Honor them. Prophesy over them. Encourage them. Edify. Strengthen. Build up. How many like me just give off about the one-way system and don't gang all the time? What about changing the record? What about talking about the good of the city and the good of the place and the good of the town? But just changing it just for a moment. It's not doing away reality. It's just prophesying what your town could be and what your town should be. You up for that sort of thing? Yeah? How many of you give off about your jobs and your workplace and your employers? What about prophesying over that place and that space and those people? I'm going off on a tangent. Uh-oh. Dads do so much without applause or limelight, and we've said that, big as in the small. But they do it in response to their Heavenly Father. That's the best way to do it. It's the best way to live is in response to how He responds to us. How He responds to us. You do it because you treasure the gift of children. I know that. You know that careers come and go, but families matter. It's important, isn't it? So like all dads and grand, granddads and uncles and godfathers and mobsters, the stand this morning. And I bless you.
In the name of Jesus. If I could I do something first of all, could I just ask dads and granddads to stand? Would would that be okay? Would you Awkward <laughs> But let's just let's just honor these these guys. I want to pray a blessing over your lives. You're able to love because you're loved by God your Father. I bless you with the love of God the Father this morning. You're able and you're willing when needed to get those back on track. Your sons. Your son's friends at times when they get off track. And I bless you for that because your father in heaven is at times needed to get you back on track. So I bless you. I bless you to help others. To father others. For those who have gone off track to bring them back to the place called home. Safe place with the father. I bless you to freely forgive and to extend mercy to your children and others. Because God the Father has extended mercy and forgiveness to you in such a rich way. And so I bless you. I bless you to extend mercy and to extend forgiveness. Because we have received it from God the Father. Recipients. And I bless you this morning. And I call you and encourage you to constantly and consistently stand in the love of God the Father. To find the presence of the King. To stand in the presence and to be around the presence of God the Father. Would everybody stand please with me this morning? I'm going to ask the band to come. Again, just to sing Good, Good Father, as we finish up and as we go out. It's four minutes past, twelve's not bad, eh? What I want you to do is we just as we sing this song, this is our ministry time this morning. I want you to stand in the love of God the Father. I want you to receive, and I don't want you just to engage intellectually with it or logically with God's love, but tangibly emotionally, experientially engage with God's love this morning.